I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. Okay, this is the first AD Update, Carson. We're changing the podcast. Our folks are sending us information. They'd like to get to know more about us and our staff, so you're up first. So this is Carson Peterson. He's our Associate Director of Athletics. I kind of call you our Director of Compliance because of uh, all your work with the Alabama High School and um, all of the things that have to to go on in terms of getting credentials for our coaches and getting our athletes eligible and and then the million other things that keep you busy. But but before we get into that, uh, real quick bio, you know how long you've been at Briarwood, a little bit about your family, and then uh, we're going to take a little bit longer on your podcast because I think you have a great testimony as well. Absolutely. Well, I think I've been in Birmingham and at Briarwood for 13 years, which is kind of hard to believe. It kind of goes by fast, but uh, it's been great. And uh, I'm originally from Atlanta, where I grew up and uh, lived there for uh, 30 years and uh, had a great time. Um, Went to Georgia College and State University in Millsville. And uh, when I got done, worked at a primitive church for a long time. And then I uh, became the AD of their school and their middle school. And uh, then I Long story short, chased a girl out here, got married, have four kids now, and uh, associate AD at Briarwood. So it's a great place, and uh, I enjoy it. It's just a great, great families and athletes and things we do are wonderful. And something that's unusual a little bit about you is that you really can coach both you know football and basketball from a head coaching standpoint of the. Of the middle school, so you don't you don't find that as much anymore. Everybody's kind of specializing in sports. So, talk a little bit about your uh, football and basketball background. Sure, I started playing football in uh, middle school, and it was just kind of learning the sport. And I uh, had some coaches that uh, tried to teach me, but I was also just figuring out how to you know run in uh, in, in a good sequence and everything. It was just kind of growing up and playing. It was fun to have teammates. I got to high school, though, and had great coaches that really taught you well, and I began to really love the game and compete hard, uh, playing offensive and defensive line. It was a fun time. Uh, so I picked up a lot with that, and then when I came here, uh, didn't coach right away, but once I got on, it was just fun to learn uh, that offensive and defensive X and O with, with Briarwood and what they did in high school and what they were going to do in junior high to feed that. It was enjoyable, and I really just – I think it's a great game. There's something about Friday night, the community coming around, watching a team play, uh, players uh, learning how to practice hard, and uh, whether it's win, lose, all those kind of things, you get a chance to teach them about life, and that's something that's really fun for me. You want to teach them well in football, but you want them to grow in life as well and how to practice and how to compete hard and get by all things uh, uh, is, is good. And then basketball, uh, you know, I actually wrestled in high school uh, over basketball, but I had a brother that's 6'7", that played in high school that was really, really good in high school and played in college as well at uh, Columbus State. So I kind of learned the game that way and uh, started coaching that in uh, in Atlanta at the school and just just love X's O's on that and kind of coaching players. So, Carson, one of the things we're going to do with this particular podcast, I reached out to some of your former players okay, and uh, asked them to send me anything about you, and then I kind of put a compilation together. But I think this will bless you. Uh, this player said, I've been very thankful to have gotten to know you and have you as a coach in middle school. 
you've given me so much wisdom and helped me improve as a player as well as a person. I know that's a, a blessing to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's another quote. You've inspired me to work harder and continue to never give up just like you did. Uh, so thankful for everything. Uh, so they wanted to say, what's your favorite junior high football memory? Ooh. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of games you can remember, uh, think back upon. Um, there, there's a few. Each, I'll say this: each year I have a game that I could tell you about. Yeah. Uh, there was one game though uh, that closed out our season. We were uh, we had a team here, Macadory, and we were up most of the game. And uh, towards the end, the game got very close. And we had a somebody had to come out of the game that was um, a big part of us driving the ball, and uh, their defense were just blitzing and just really limiting what we could do. And what I remember about it is uh, we had the ball last, and we started driving the ball. We we almost threw an interception because it was the, the their line was so aggressive and their uh, defensive backs were good and. I don't know if the other coach realized or not, we actually had a kicker that could come out and, and kick a, uh, it was a 30 plus yard field goal uh, for the win. So what we did was we actually ran the ball to kind of put it where we wanted to because we really couldn't take a chance down the field. And in that, uh, their team starts kind of, when we got tackled on the run, their team starts kind of cheering, getting overexcited and everything <laughs> like that. Uh, and their coaches head dropped on the other side because he realized we have a kicker we called a timeout with about three seconds left and i'm gonna be honest with you our coaches knew it could happen yet we also were wondering if yeah. it was going to happen and uh he drilled it i mean he drilled it straight through the uprights and it, it wasn't even close to missing it was it was split right down the middle and just to hear the crowd of parents kind of cheer in a junior high game and all the players to run on and and just kind of get excited was something else. So that's one I have. Uh, I've actually got that one on, on a film, uh, which is kind of fun to just ever occasionally look back upon yeah. and just say, what a great, uh, great team coming together in a moment that was hard. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard of a junior high game being won on the last second field goal. That's got to be very It's amazing. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, and their coach hated it. <laughs> so we had a great uh, handshake afterwards, and uh, – he said, I don't know if I've ever ever been a part of this before, uh, yeah. but it was a good one. And it was good by all the team to really uh, hang in there uh, towards the end. Yeah. So we'll close with a little bit of your testimony of what happened to you in the past couple of years. But I wanted to talk a little bit about your job specifically because, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast is to give people kind of an inside view of coaches, in, mm -hmm. in your case, a coaching administrator. But uh, it's almost impossible for even me to get to wrap my head around how much the logistics side of sports and athletics has become. When you think about us, we're an Alabama High School Athletic Association school. We're grades 7 through 12. So now all of our athletes have a, so many number of things that have to be right yes. on Dragonfly now uh, online. So just talk a little bit about how that's kind of grown. Uh, you have to call down to Montgomery quite frequently and kind of get their thoughts. You know, we'll read the rule and and we'll we'll need to get some backup on that. So uh, again, it's going to be almost impossible for somebody to grasp how time consuming and how much you do 
uh, kind of behind the scenes, but just a little bit about what your job entails. Sure. Um, it entails a few things. And, and like you say, one of the major things is if we have a student uh, start seventh grade or transfer uh, and really year to year, they got to have all their AHSAA eligibility forms. And it just it's one of those things I know when people hear that, uh, many people just get annoyed with and say, this is a lot of forms to have. And you, you say fortunate or unfortunately, every uh school in the state has to have that. I think now though, everything's got to be done uh, perfectly on those forms. You've got to have both the the parent and the kid's signature on the physical form. You've got to have the doctor. He's got to actually circle whether it's, you know, what what level he is as a doctor. It's got to have the correct date. And it's got to be the right form. It's got to be the right form. (laughs) Uh, If it has uh, 2015 on it instead of 2018, uh, we get fined as a school. (laughs) And so if you ever get an email or call from me uh, or message from me, uh, it's not because I, I think you're not doing a good job. It's just I've actually got to jump on all that stuff, and, along with coaches as well, for that. And it's a pretty full, uh, full thing to do during the year. Parents are great about doing it, but at the same time, I've got to check every single one of their forms that comes in. And uh, we're getting better at that. Uh, I do appreciate that. But a thing like a physical, uh, it expires every year. Um, so we're really going to push hard for all students to take physicals, you know, in the two months uh, in the summer, if possible. It, it just makes the whole year uh, yeah. of eligibility instead of somebody in the middle of the season not being able to do that, although that's understandable at some points. So um, I try to let parents know how to sign up. I try to let them know what the forms are, uh, not only for athletes, so it's, it's for coaches as yeah. well. And for a coach to come in uh, at a semester early and the first thing they get is sign up for Dragonfly and, I mean, take these courses, they're they're long courses. And um, it's more than the students and what they have to sit through teaching-wise, which is good for, you know, uh, first aid and taking care of athletes and all of those things. But it, it takes a lot of time. And so to coach them through through how to do that so the state doesn't find them or make them ineligible until they finish uh, takes a little bit of time as well. Yeah. Uh, but our coaches do well once you tell them, and, and that's yeah. a great thing. But it does take a little bit of time to finish that. Yeah, our folks will don't will ever know this, but we joke about the so-called email of death. <laughs> so it's actually become a two-email process yeah, now. It has. Yeah. <laughs> So if we have anyone that wants to come and coach with us, you'll send them an email getting them to create a Dragonfly account Correct. as a coach. And they then, like that. <laughs> then comes the email of death, which is the list of all of the courses. certification courses they have to have. And Thank then you. with us, then you have a separate piece too, which is you know criminal background check uh, and Correct. then what we call ministry safe. So following up all of that uh, just never ends, does it? It doesn't. Uh, you know, the good news about coaches is a lot of those courses they get done, they don't have to do again, but there are a couple they do. And really, it's it's for good reason to make sure they're in a good spot to coach the students at Briarwood. So yeah. I have no, that's that's a wonderful thing. At the same time, some of the stuff's a little, little bit long, not that that's bad, but it just as you're teaching, coaching, making sure you have all that, they're not bad things. They just take some time, and uh, it, you know, once they get it done, it's great. 
Uh, same thing with students having all their forms and everything, and, yeah. and parents, you know, uh, signing off on all those things is good too. Um, but once we get all that done, it's great. We can go. We can play. Um, but until that's done, uh, players can't play in games. Coaches can't coach in games until it's done. <laughs> and that sounds crazy, but that's that's what it is. So every job has its little things that you have to kind of work through. So I'm going to hit you with a hard, hard question. It's okay. The, it's the one question you hear all the time. Okay. But I'm going to give you a chance to answer that because I do think there is a, a reason why. So, Coach, why don't we play tougher competition in the seventh and eighth grade? <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a great how many, question. How many times you get that question? <laughs> I get it a lot. Um, you know, our league originally we had eight teams, and uh, through the years they've kind of been in and out. But they've been in and out a couple of teams for for a reason. Um, uh, Huey Town was was with us for two years, and they were a great opponent to have. But because of the travel they did, their administration said, hey, we would like to be in the mm-hmm. Jefferson County, one of their smaller uh, conferences, still good teams. but So they, they pulled out for that reason, and the coaches didn't really have a choice. I think the coaches liked – they actually really liked playing us because it was great competition. And the league is the Southern Conference, or Southern which Broward actually <clears throat> helped found under we did. Coach Curley. Uh, but you're kind of the – you and another coach uh, – Correct. Kind of run it now, but yep. uh, so tell them a little bit more about that because sure. I do think it's been good for Briarwood. Yeah. So what we do is we create uh, a league with teams of junior highs, and we want teams that are our size. So for instance, what we've had is six A schools with maybe a five A or two in there mm-hmm. as well. Teams that we're going to play in high school, and so we've done that. Uh, two of those teams have been Calera and Helena. They've been great competition. Some mm-hmm. of we've had competition with in high school as well. Right. But because Chelsea just went to 7A, right. and Helena is like probably like the, four students away from going to yeah. 7A, the Metro League actually uh, voted on having them come in. Yeah. And they allowed both of those teams out. And Chelsea and Helena, I, I know their coaches well, would have loved to stay in our league. Right. But with the size A and who they're going to play – they had to make the decision to move up to Metro. They play Hoover. They play Vestavia. They play uh, a lot of 7As. Uh, some other schools that have been 7A, a Mountain Brook or a Homewood, things like that. Um, that's a 16-team league, 7A schools, or really high-end 6A schools that might be right on the verge of being 7A. So it made sense for them to do that. And I'll say, and people always ask me, well, who can we add? Well. We talked about a lot of schools. We've uh, we added uh, Leeds, um, Moody, and we added um, uh, Duran, which feeds Pell City. All six A, five A schools that are kind of right. on the growth. So that's been good as far as teams that are our size. We just added North Jefferson this week, which feeds Mortimer Jordan, and uh, that's another one. Uh, so what we do is we try to fit the teams we have, and even if we wanted to play. Uh, you know, a Metro team in football, you get eight games total. Yeah. Uh, they have their whole season filled being That's a 16-team right. league. So we'd love to play them, but we're unable to um, at this point. And uh, so that's why we look at those things. We look at that every year. If we can add teams, I'd love to be 10, 12-team league. Uh, but teams have to commit, and they really got to commit uh, to both 7th and 8th grade. I know there's some sports that it's just one team, but – you know, we'd love for them to kind of work towards that. Yeah. That, that question's never bothered me because I see 
the developmental part of our kids. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could see there are a few kids for, at Briarwood that are mature beyond their years and elite competitors. But we also have to think about the kid that's really not a good player at that level that will develop. And, Absolutely. You know, the worst player in seventh grade could end up being All-State one day. Absolutely. Starter. So giving them some success on the field is, is not a bad thing. No, it's good. And we want them to uh, we want them to compete. We want them to practice hard. We want them to, to taste what it's like to win a game and come back in a game. We want them to – not uh, not enjoy losing, but we want them to uh, strive to win. But when they lose, to do it the correct way, to right. work harder the next week. I was really glad to see that within them. Uh, we we've been coaching that, but to see them come through uh, within was fantastic as well. And the seventh yeah. grade had a great year too. And we just love each uh, each player we get. So. Yeah, and I saw that. Yeah, you know, I got to see a lot of uh, girls junior high basketball games this year. Mm-hmm. In their development, you know, I can't wait to have Coach Hopkins on talk to her about the job she did. Yeah, you know, they with played that hard. So, uh, you know, we're going to bring it to a close. Uh, but uh, I think you've got a pretty neat testimony to God's faithfulness and, and goodness to you, particularly. Uh, it kind of started where you uh, came up to me one day when we're working together, and you said you weren't feeling very well. So, kind of catch us up yeah. on that. But about three years ago. One of the odd things for me was my season, my basketball, excuse me, my football and basketball start were just, it didn't feel right. Mm. I can't really explain what that means, but my I just didn't seem like I was getting the rest I needed. I felt a little, st- way more stressed than normal, but I couldn't really put a word to it. Got some things checked out by doctors. Hey, everything's fine, looks good, and, and it was. And um, I had a basketball game at Pell City where – uh, a team beat us in uh, double over to, or overtime. Uh, there was a 12-2 foul count against us. Mm. And the official, uh, heartfelt, uh, apologized to me after the game, found me, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm so sorry for that count. It was not that kind of game. It was it was strange. and uh, But really kind of stressed me out to a different level just riding home. And next morning I, I come to work and, uh, I saw you, and I said, I, I don't feel right. I have to go home. And uh, you said, absolutely, go home. Call me if there's anything. Went home. I had a had a mass seizure. Um, didn't really know what those were. Uh, but I had to kind of open the door and kind of almost collapse kind of on the, mm-hmm. on the uh, uh, front porch. Called my wife after that. Said, why don't you come get me? Went to a hospital, Grandview. They uh, did an MRI, and I woke up from... Well, they put me through, and I got multiple doctors back there telling me I've got a tumor in uh, two lobes of my brain, and it was intertwined, and it was something that had to be uh, addressed very quickly for my health. So we had multiple doctors we looked at um, during that time. And I'll be honest with you, the one thing I, I tell people is when you hear that stuff and you haven't gone through that stuff from people, you always say, I'm praying for you, I hope yeah. things go well. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. When you go through it yourself, it's difficult, but it also brings you to the point where you know that Christ is with you, mm. that the Lord will not leave you. And whether it's great news we get on this or it's difficult news we get on this, that doesn't change. He's great. He's mighty. He's powerful. And there's something about getting everything stripped away from you that puts you right there 
and it kind of makes you ask the question, do I trust the Lord in all these moments? Um, and I tell people also that it, it was unbelievable uh, the support I got from brothers and sisters in faith. Um, Briarwood coming out of uh, the church uh, was very grateful. A lot of people praying for me there. Uh, the school was phenomenal mm-hmm. in what they did. I didn't even know what to ask for or to do. And they just, students wrote so many letters. Uh, I've actually got five letters from students, five or six, um, that wrote very powerful letters. They wrote through the things they were going through Hmm. that are difficult, yet God is with them and has brought them, some of them out completely healed, some of them still going through some things. And it was beautiful to kind of read that and uh, walking through that myself. And then I got a lot of letters and notes just with verses on them, um, some just really encouraging things. Um, got a lot of uh, just kind of gifting as far as things to get me through a time where I, I was not going to be able to do do anything. Right. Um, we had to have a surgery on it, had to have uh, some treatment afterwards. In fact, I was in the hospital for two months. Uh, wow. Unplanned. Yeah. Uh, and so... It was difficult, but the amount of prayer I got from my church back in Atlanta, relatives, uh, some people my dad worked with up north in Vermont mm. were praying for yeah. me, uh, was great. And a lot of wisdom, care, and love, and pointing to, to Christ. And I think the mo- one of the most beautiful things is I tell people also, when you get that initially, it's fantastic. It's good because you walking through that moment. Uh, about a year and a half when I started um, getting fully back and seeing people and coaching and things like that, the interesting part was I would see a parent about once or twice a week, and they would tell me, and they, it's not like they talked about this, but they look me in the eye and say, I want you to know my family's been praying for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of almost go to speak for a second because I am so thankful for it, but they go, Carson, we prayed for you every day for mm. over a year. Yeah. And to hear that uh, really was impacting just to know you have brothers and sisters of Christ that do that. Yeah. And to be beside you in that was huge. Um, and I think it also kind of speaks to players as well. Yeah. Um, and they were great. And so give us the really good news. So, you know, yeah. you, you went through surgery. You had some complications from that. I did. Uh, we all were real nervous for a while. Then you had uh, chemotherapy and radiation yeah. and, uh, and a, you know, a brain tumor. Uh, so uh, tell us the, the results of some of your latest scans. Sure. So it took a little bit of time to get a good MRI where they could get, speak things of, hey, this is where it's at or not at. And uh, it was great to hear uh, – not too long after surgery and some treatment and things like that, they said, you know, right now uh, we do not see uh, the tumor growing. Mm. We do not see uh, cancer in it any longer. Uh, they said the only thing we have left right now is scar tissue. Yeah. And we're going to continue, though, to look at that. And I, I had MRIs for every month and every two months, every three months. <laughs> I think I'm on four or five right now, uh, which isn't too bad. Yeah. And they tell me, they say uh, it looks good. Uh, looks better than it did a, a year ago. Looks better than it did at the start. But there's nothing that they see um, uh, in the MRIs that shows 
any tumor that's, that's yeah. there growing could change. Yeah. But I'm grateful uh, to the Lord for not seeing that right now and the prayers I get for it. But the beautiful part is, too, if something were to come back, um, God's still there. He's still yeah. mighty. But I am grateful to be healed right now. And uh, I'm thankful to all the uh, Briarwood families, players, students, and uh, moms, dads, families, all that. It's been fantastic to, to walk through with them. Well, as a friend, someone that's worked with you now for, you know, five years at least as far as AD, uh, associate AD, I count it a great joy to work with you on a daily basis. I can't thank you enough for all that you do. The, I know the long hours, uh, the phone calls down to Montgomery, the uh, <laughs> the constant having to ask questions and about transfers. and So I, I'm just telling you, what, what you do for us, the roles that you serve, uh, what you do as a dad, as a husband, is something that we should be uh, just – it's just very admirable, and just want to thank you for your your ministry here. So Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I don't know how we would do it without you, to be honest. Well, I appreciate you so much in the school. It's a great place to work, and what makes it great is the students we get, families we get uh, to help work through them. And it's great to work with you. I, I just love that. So Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. In each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive athletics program in contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Update.